Welcome to Emirates Podcast, episode 406. Today is Wednesday, November 15th, 2023. Well, I did say that sooner or later I would skip a week, and I have now done so. I've been busy lately, not in the conventional sense, but in the Arthur sense. <laughs> I've actually had a lot of things going on and a lot of things that haven't gone on for a variety of reasons. And I'll tell you about that today. But first, the this episode is called Interregnum Continues because we still don't have a government in New Zealand. Well, we have an acting government, but not an official government, if that makes sense. I think it does. And it's not going to change anytime soon, I don't think. Maybe next week, maybe, possibly, who knows? The Labour government is still in power as the acting government with special permission, about which more in a minute. And the incoming government hasn't yet been able to form itself. But first about the special permission. The deal is that the royal warrants for the government expired at 11.59 p.m. this past Saturday night, which meant that New Zealand would have no government. So what they did is they, they, they had the in consultation with the incoming government. They instructed the governor general to issue a new warrant so that the government can continue until such time as the incoming parties can come to an agreement and form government and then go to the to the uh, governor general with the assurance that they have the votes to form government so that's what that's all about however among those among the problems was that the foreign minister nanaya mahuta lost her seat in the election and she wasn't on the labor party list so she was out at 11:59 p.m. on saturday night and new zealand had no foreign minister so they've temporarily appointed an, an acting foreign minister and in these days, it's probably not a good idea to be without a foreign minister entirely, even though everything that the acting ministers have do has to be done in consultation with the incoming government, as makes perfect sense. The holdup in forming the government has been mainly because it was such a close election. What National wanted was to was to be able to govern alone with the ACT Party. That didn't happen because neither one of them got enough votes to put them over the top. And they also didn't count on New Zealand First doing as well as it did. And quite frankly, I think part of the reason why New Zealand First did as well as it did is because the leader of the National Party, Chris Luxon, the presumed prime minister-to-be, didn't do enough to dissuade people from voting for Winston. So I think that he gave Winston too much oxygen, and he ran with it, as he does, because he's been around since... <laughs> since the Stone Age, I think. And so, you know, he kind of made his own bed. And then afterwards, after the election, because the the result was so close in so many electorates, not only the waiting for the, the official result wasn't enough, the final result, they also had to wait for some recounts to be done. And I think that's all done now, and it didn't change anything in the end. It generally doesn't, because our first count is usually fairly accurate. But, uh, I mean, in, in terms of result, not necessarily the actual mar margin. But when the electorates are so close, it can end up with a tiny margin. In the end, after a recount, for the Mount Albert electorate, had the Labour candidate had a margin of victory of 18 votes. And that's, <laughs> that's pretty damn close. So all of that had to clear first. So it was really only last week that was the first week that they could start their negotiations in earnest. And at first, Winston, leader of the New Zealand First Party, didn't wasn't talking directly to David Seymour, who's the leader of the Hard Right Act Party. And this went on for a long time. As a matter of fact, in the first days after the election, Winston claimed that he ignored the texts from uh, David Seymour because he, he didn't believe they were real. 
And I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> but anyway, that's what he said. So they hadn't talked. And then their, their teams finally started meeting towards the end of the week, last week. Uh, and th- but they, had, they themselves had not ever met, uh, Winston and Seymour. And this particular week, this, this Monday, it was expected there was going to be a three-way meeting between uh, Chris Luxon, David Seymour, and Winston Peters. And Luxon and Seymour flew into Wellington, and they were there yesterday and ready to go. And they were expecting Winston, and Winston never arrived. And instead, Chris Luxon and David Seymour um, scurried off to Auckland that night, and they finally met today for about three hours, apparently. And Winston is playing them like a violin. He, he's been around for 40-odd years, I believe it is. And he is a wily old thing. But he's been around so long now that he he knows the ins and outs, and he he demands his respect. He demands that the incoming prime minister kiss his ring, metaphorically speaking, in order to form government. And it's unclear what policies he's demanding, what the sticking point is, but it does appear that the sticking point is him and what he is willing to go along with. The most likely thing is that the National Party campaigned on allowing foreigners to buy houses, private houses, up to $2 million, $2 million and above. And he was going to charge them a 15% tax on, on that purchase in order to fund some other things he wants to do. However, Winston is dead set against allowing foreigners to buy houses, residential houses. And when he was in coalition with Labor in 2017, he got through, He put, one of his conditions was a law that banned foreign ownership of houses, private houses. Um, except for new builds. New builds I th- were permitted. I don't remember if there was a dollar amount or not. It doesn't matter now. So chances are good that he is insisting that there will be no foreign ownership of any New Zealand houses. Um, although I don't know how they get around the fact that people, that billionaires are coming in and buying up houses. But that's a, that's a different issue. <laughs> so... I think that's going to go. And, and also, a side note, it's not even clear that the 15%, 15% tax that Luxon wanted was even legal because New Zealand has treaties with a lot of countries that prevent special taxes on their nationals. So China, for instance, is one of them, and they've historically been, they were, I should say, the greatest buyer of New Zealand houses among foreigners, um, non-resident um, foreigners. So I don't know what's going to happen with that, but it, it, it's probable that that's one of the main sticking points. And also quite possibly Winston is adamantly opposed to raising the retirement age and both um, Luxon and David Seymour uh, campaigned on raising the retirement age. Uh, David Seymour wouldn't do it immediately. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I don't see a new government forming this week, certainly. I mean, it's Wednesday now. We've, they've only got two more days. That seems unlikely. And at best, it could be sometime next week. That may even be a bit optimistic. But it's worth remembering, a lot of conservatives are moaning endlessly about how this is taking so long and how this is why MMP is so awful. Well, no, it isn't. Because number one, what's the harm? What's what's going wrong because we don't have a government in power? Nothing. As a matter of fact, most people wouldn't even notice that there wasn't a government because it's so peaceful and quiet. The media is obsessed with the the three-ring circus going on right now with this for- formation of the government, but that's it. I mean, the 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 act the caretaker government is not worth 
reporting on, generally speaking, because they can't do much without consulting with the incoming government. And what's interesting about that is that it's just that if there was more bipartisanship, a lot more could be done more peacefully and we wouldn't need to have all these histrionics in in the House. But, you know, <laughs> people will regret it once the government forms. Believe me, they're going to start con um, complaining about it all of the time. But the very first uh, MMP government was in 1996, it was elected in 1996. And between the election and the official formation of government was 61 days. And they're only I'm 25 maybe into it. I'd have to double, I'd have to recount that. But it, it's, you know, like three weeks, we'll call it three and a half, even four weeks even. It's still a lot less than it was in 1996. And other years have taken a lot more time than, not than that, that was the most ever, uh, have taken more than three or four weeks. Some have taken less. It, it's all over the show. And it's just part of the, the game. If, and I can't repeat this and stress this too much, if National had gotten more votes, we wouldn't be going through this at all because Winston wouldn't even be in the picture if he was in Parliament at all. It would just be between him and ACT and that would be fairly simple to arrange because they agreed on most everything. So it's not the fault of MMP. It's the fault of National for not attracting enough votes, essentially. So, you know... I've, I've praised MMP up one side and down the other, and I will always continue to do so. It's far more democratic than first past the post. The old-fashioned system of whoever gets the most votes wins, regardless of what percentage it is. And I'm not going to change on that story. But as it happens, this will continue to go on for quite some time, probably. I um, did a blog post just recently about this, uh, about the um, delay in forming a government, and I'll put a link in the show notes if you are interested in that, because I talk at some length about the the process. And also I have a list of all of, of how long it took from election day to formation um, for all of the MMP governments since 1996. So if you're interested, that'll be there. Now, what I've been up to. When I last spoke, I was about to head off to my brother-in-law's house to catch up with my niece, who I hadn't seen in nearly a year. And that was a, a really nice day. We often have gotten together for dinner on a Friday night, as I've said many times over the over the years since I've been in Hamilton. And th in that sense, it was no different, except that there was it was <laughs> because she was there, and we left a little bit later than usual. And I am the the taxi for my mother in law, and I don't leave until she's ready to leave. But it's usually earlier. I'm usually home by nine at the latest, generally speaking. And this particular time, it, we didn't even leave until after nine. So it was quite a bit later than usual. Not that I minded. It was it was great. <laughs> so that was um, that Friday. And then the following Friday, it was my brother-in-law's birthday. So we went over there and had dinner again. Um, we all brought stuff um, to contribute to the meal. And it was a lovely evening. But that was a more normal one because I was home by around nine, maybe a little bit after. So that was, you know, two weeks in a row. And I <laughs> pointed out to everyone, I said, do you realize that we've gotten together for Friday night dinner four weeks in a row now because there are plenty of times where we have been um, skipping it for whatever reason. And uh, I don't know if we're getting together this week or not yet. It's only Wednesday. Nobody's put their hand up yet. So I don't know. <laughs> but we'll see. So that's the main thing I was doing. There was a lot of that. And I actually was I actually recorded I was going to record this past Friday 
but I couldn't do it. Um, I realized I was running out of time and I had to go because I had to go pick up my mother-in-law because we were stopping to pick up a cheesecake on the way to my brother-in-law's and just didn't have enough time. And I was going to record, in fact, I did record on Saturday. I wasn't happy with it. So I scrapped it. And here we are back on schedule. (laughs) Apart from that, a week ago, um, Monday, not this past Monday, but the one before, I mowed all the lawns and it went really well. I was able to do the front lawn and then I just did a little bit of the side lawn, recharged the battery and then went out and did the the back lawn and it, the mower kept going. So I kept going before you knew it, I was had done the whole thing on one charge. So that was a marked improvement over the previous time. But one of the things that, that was more involved this time was that I had to clean out the damn rain garden because the convolvulus, which sounds like a disease, was back. And so I had to clear all that out. And what I do is I pull it out and then I basically throw it on top of the lawn and then I go over it with the mower, which is set to mulch. And it it chops it up into infinitesimally small little bits and also fertilizes the lawn as it's doing it, of course. And the fact that I have this mulching mower is one of the reasons why I've got uh, I was going to say as good a lawn as I did. It's not good, but I mean, it would be far worse if I didn't have that. So that that was what I did on Monday. And I wanted to do that again this week, even though it's only been one week, because I didn't do the edges last week, and I really should have. And that's actually an interesting thing, because when I was done last week, I was thinking to myself, gosh, I was, I'm not nearly as tired as I was the week before. And then I realized I hadn't done the um, the edging. I meant the time before, not the week before. Anyway, so I need to do the edges. And I also want to spray this stuff called Weed and Feed, which is uh, it's a fertilizer for the grass, but it also kills broadleaf weeds and some others. And you have to do it um, a week after you mow and a week before you mow. So basically in, a, in, in between two mows with a week either side. But, you know, getting the timing right, plus which it has to be, I think it's supposed to be 48 hours before it rains when you do it. And these days, that's certainly not, guaranteeable. And so, yeah, that's been a constant problem, but I do need to get it done soon or I'll, I'll have to wait until autumn because fairly soon the rains are going to start drifting away and we should have a hot, dry summer. So yeah, I, I don't know. I'm going to try to mow it. I think I'm going to try to mow it um, the next sunny day, or I'll, I'll just watch the weather and see what it says it's doing and try to make it happen. And finally, I didn't do anything on my office project. That particular week, I found out my sister-in-law was visiting from Auckland, staying with her mom, my mother-in-law. And I thought, oh, she might stop by. And I didn't want her to see the house as a tip because it has so often been filled with stuff as I've been doing these sorts of reorganization projects. And then the following week was when my niece was coming home. And again, same thing. I didn't want to have the house overly crowded. So I didn't do it. And it's probably just as well because I think I've decided that I'd rather do finish the kitchen first, meaning the the pantry primarily, because I want to make that much tidier. It's it's a bit untidy at the moment because I have things like containers of, of pasta canisters that I put pasta in out on the bench and I'd rather put them away. And I've been going through things in the pantry slowly over the past few months, really, to try to reduce some of the, the volume of stuff in there to make it easier to organize. So that's going to be my first priority. And then my office is going to be the second priority, But when I do it, I'm likely to do the guest room at the same time because they both are are supposed to get these wardrobe wardrobe organizer systems. And so I figure if I'm going to have to do 
this patching and painting, I might as well do them both at the same time and get it over with. So that's the plan. And so it'll probably be a week or two before I get to it. I don't know. But I'll certainly, I'll certainly keep you up to date. <laughs> There's one last thing. A couple episodes ago, I ended the the podcast with a Jeopardy, the, what do you call it, answer, whatever. And I said I didn't know when it was. Well, Roger Green has told us that it was the final Jeopardy uh, answer on October 10th of 2023. So that's when it was. And thanks for that, Roger. I almost didn't notice because I hardly ever notice any comments, mainly because people don't leave many comments anymore. And so I, I just missed it entirely until just the other day. That's it for today. That's it for governmentless New Zealand. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. Kakete mo. Bye. You can comment on this or any episode of the Emmons Podcast at Emmonspodcast.com, where you can also leave a voice message. You can visit and comment on the Emmons Facebook page, or you can email me with or without a voice message at Emmons at gmail.com. This podcast is a proud member of the Pride 48 Network and is produced and distributed under Creative Commons license. Complete details at the website.